Hi, I'm Peter Keegan. And I'm Laura Boswell. And there's the talented Mr B on sound. Welcome to Ask an Artist, the podcast designed to help you take the leap and become a working artist, the sort that actually gets to make art and pay the bills at the same time. Laura and I are both that sort of artist. We pay our bills and we do it by making art. Every week we'll be using our personal experience to give you help and advice on making art your proper job. Many artists, including me, sell their artwork directly to their customers, either from my own website or social media platforms or even via a gallery. But then comes the next stage, sending the artwork to them. So today, Peter and I are going to be chatting all about shipping and sending artwork and ensuring that it gets to its new owner in one piece. So, Peter, I send quite a lot by the post. Do you? No. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, this is going to be a short episode then. <laughs> simply no. I, I mean, I don't. Send, I, that's partly to do with uh, the way I work. So I work primarily on commission, yeah. and therefore work directly with the client. And that client uh, usually is coming to my studio, or mm. I'm going to them uh, geographically, and that that usually involves handing the painting over. Right. That said, I have sent paintings before. So when I am, uh, if I do uh, sell a painting online to someone uh, further away in the UK or abroad, I will then need to pack up that painting and send it but it's not a frequent occurrence that I experience in in sort of my general practice however I know that for you it's a little different because you're selling prints left right and centre aren't you (laughs) yeah yes I do sell through my online gallery and actually since lockdown the lovely people of America have been buying quite a few prints Mm. Um, so I've been sending them abroad as well so yes I send a lot of work out by post but I also sell greetings cards as we discussed in another episode and a little device for tabletop printmaking so and especially during lockdown I've been sending out an awful lot of things by post including quite a few print orders which has been fantastic yeah no I've the same I I, I've got a a palette a specific painting palette that I have had made and I'm sending that out as well as some paints as well and other little bits of merchandise partly Mm. not necessarily for for you know for selling a retail but there is a few uh, artist friends and students and customers of mine that I know are running out of paint quite quickly in stock so I'm sort of putting things together little little survival packages if you like for oh, them fantastic. during this period of lockdown just to make sure that we're not all out of paint uh, for the time being so yeah we, I, I will I am using a post for that at the moment and mm. just have to make sure I time my visit to the post office so I can stand in that queue to to get it all sent off safely. Yeah, I mean, sending stuff is is quite a tricky one, isn't it? Because you've got to protect the material. So for you, that might be sort of squidgy tubes of paint. Mm -hmm. Um, And for both of us, it could be very precious artwork. So it's really important to get packaging sorted out and correct, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting it's getting the right material. So, I mean, for in regards to what I'm sending, the thing I'm looking to protect the most is, in, in many ways, it's actually not the artwork. It's not the painting because that's mm. usually contained within a frame, and it's the mm. frame that I'm looking to protect. Right. Um, sometimes frames can be made of relatively soft wood, so one little bash or dink will will dent it or chip it. Particularly the more ornate or bespoke uh, frames that I may mm. get made are naturally very very brittle, so they need securing and packaging a, as much as possible. So I use things like um, a special kind of frame moulding, which is these foam edges that you can put around, particularly the corners, the most vulnerable yeah. areas. Um, I know some artists that use a sort of um, insulation for pipes, which oh, we've just done as that. well. Yes, we've yeah, worked so good. Yeah. You just sort of cut a slit and it kind of wraps all the way around it. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's very, very light. And, and that's the important thing. It needs to be very light because the thing that's going to secure and keep your artwork safe the most is air. If you can yes. get as much 
air around yes, your Yes, bumping into air parts. doesn't do any damage, does it? Exactly. So that's why things like bubble wrap or you know the thick corrugated cardboard is, is are very good packaging materials because they're incredibly lightweight. So you're not having to fork out a fortune to mm. send it, but they will they they give your work of art as much chance of surviving because of the the way it's designed to keep it nice and aired. And I think also the other thing that I feel quite strongly about, and I know that Mr. B is particularly talented at, is that whole pleasure of unwrapping a beautiful parcel experience. (laughs) So whether it's a sort of sturdy tube with a print inside or one of our little registration devices, we're always really careful with the wrapping um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that it's really neat and it may just be corrugated card and brown paper, but it's still a, a nice thing to to receive and to unwrap. I think it You're pays not sort of to tangled up in brown wrapping no, tape. I think just just going that extra mile and making sure that things are sort of crisp and neat and tidy. Um, I mean, like you're saying with your paintings, I mean, getting a painting through the post, I mean, that's a big event unwrapping something mm, yeah, like that. Of you want you. If you use sort of battered old bit of bubble wrap and it's got some skanky tape on it already and you don't bother to trim the ends off and everything, it's devaluing the whole experience mm. of receiving that parcel. The other thing is is kind of stuff like environmental issues. I mean, we've gone over to using brown paper tape and corrugated cardboard. I mean, nothing is perfect. Everything comes mm. at a kind of environmental cost. But we've steered away now from using plastics if we can avoid them, things Mm. like that. So that's something to think about when you're buying packaging. When you're packing it as well, as as, you, as the talented Mister B will make such a, a neat job of mm. doing it, it's it's making sure that it is sealed up correctly. Because I have received artworks where it's just not taped around; all the edges are sort of revealing, and uh, and it's it's sort of arriving in that oh, um, God, s- no, scatty, not very well put together. Um, uh, manner so you know if you are packing it yourself make sure all the corners and all the edges are taped and sealed you don't want any water getting in there whilst it's in transit Um, so you know ensure the packaging that you're using whether it's cardboard or whatever make sure it is as close to the size of your artwork as possible because you don't want a painting rattling around in a giant box you know try and make it as close a fit as possible so it is tight and secure so there's less chance of it getting damaged whilst it's moving around well i have a actually incidentally sad story about when i used to work in the photographic library and we used to send out photographic prints to be used back in the day mm. and uh, we received a parcel of uh, there's an artist called faye godwin uh, no longer with us but she did particularly beautiful black and white uh, landscape photography and we sent off a package of her beautiful prints of these the standing stones and when mm. they returned them they just folded them up and put them in an envelope yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I just folded up these photographs and completely ruined them so yeah it's uh just a sad story that no artist would make that mistake no <laughs> So it's a uh, if you're sending something, it's absolutely apparent and, and obvious that you need to make sure everything is labelled as clearly as possible. Um, spelling and um, grammar and punctuation, and even my handwriting, is certainly mm. not a, a strength on mine. So I always decide to type 
it's on a computer and print it out so I know it's clear and it's spelt rightly and then I'll stick that on the as opposed to handwriting instead I don't want a a postman to misread it and then it gets sent to a wrong country altogether so uh, yeah make sure you're you're writing it clearly yeah I mean we do all our postage and uh, parcel sending online so we pay for postage online and then print out and that's quite useful because if you are sending things abroad bear in mind that you may have to do customs declarations and things like that Mm. when I send stuff over to the states you quite often have to fill in a well I think you always have to fill in a customs declaration that's right and if you use online services for that, I mean, the post office have got, they've updated their website. It's still a bit clunky, but it's pretty good. And it will po- it will print out copies of all those certificates and things for you. Right. So it all comes out nicely. Well, that's good. It saves yeah. you having to queue and wait longer at the uh, post office, I presume, as well. It does. I mean, certainly during lockdown, when queues are so long, um, the post office we go to has, uh, you can just more or less walk in in the front of the queue and drop off if you're not... Mm. Uh, which really helps. But yes, services like that can be useful and they can be cheaper as well. Mm. And of course, when you're labelling your work, make sure you include your own address uh, details should ever that package go astray and need returning oh, God, to you. Because yes, yeah. I've heard horror stories where the uh, the artist has sent the work and then it's never seen again and the customer yeah. hasn't seen it and neither has the artist as well. So just make sure you've got something there that it can always get traced back to somewhere should it go astray. Well, I, yeah, I would never, ever send any artwork that didn't have tracking because mm. you need to know if there's a break in the chain where that break happens. Absolutely. And also the other thing is that I always insist on a signature. We had a a really horrible episode once where I sent, I don't think it was artwork, I think it was a a pack of a registration device or something like that off to a lady. And the courier delivered it to a neighbour, didn't bother telling the the um, woman who was to receive it where they'd left it. And the neighbour can wouldn't confess to having had it. There was no, no. <laughs> proof that it had been left with them. So there's nothing we could do. No. So Because it's, it's, not not, it's not your fault for the way that it was hand, handled by the carrier. So when sending a work of art that is encased in glass can mm. have a huge number of problems. Now, I know as a printmaker, you always glaze your work. So there's always right, a piece of glass yeah. in front of your pieces. And this is something I don't necessarily have a problem with myself working primarily on canvas. So mm. how do you get away with sending glass in the post? Because I imagine it's not a particularly straightforward process. It certainly isn't. I mean, again, shout out to Mr. B, who has in the past packed framed works in glass and we have sent them and they've got there perfectly right I won't do it anymore um, because it's it's not worth it you can't insure for it a lot of carriers and I think the post is the same actually will not take glass yeah um, and certainly you can't get insurance for any damage mm. i i tend to i mean i say no now but if i were persuaded it would be very much at the recipient's risk i would not take any responsibility for any damage done so would you get that in writing in some way yeah i would certainly make yourself? sure that i got it in writing um i think it's it's just not worth it because if if the glass smashes and tears your artwork Mm. It's the end of it. So, no, we won't do that anymore. However, what we will do if people want framework, and it very much depends on the value of the work, we'll always invite people to come to the studio and collect. We're very happy to see people and um, have them collect work. 
there have been times where either the clients bought several prints or they've bought particularly valuable prints and we will deliver. Mm. Um, we've met people and had exchanges in motorway service stations. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we can be, we we try to be sort of as accommodating as possible and be quite flexible. Mm. My, uh, Sal, um, of copyright fame and Brian have a place in Muswell Hill and there are an awful lot of prints that clear through Sal and Brian's house in Muswell Hill where people have bought a print and they live in London and they'll come up and get it from, Muswell Hill. We'll, we'll so these these are your parent-in-laws, aren't they? That's right. Yeah. So it'll go to the family home, and then somebody will collect it. So we do do drop-off pickups and things like that. So if you've got family well distributed across yes, the UK, yes, have a family in every <laughs> yeah, family member in every big city is a good idea. But um, I think I mean at the moment um, we've got a framed picture here that is waiting for the end of lockdown, um, and then it'll be going to the client because it's framed in a very particular way that um, perhaps her framer wouldn't be familiar with because I use mm. sometimes use Japanese techniques for mounting and framing. So, mm. um, yeah, that's just waiting for her and she's going to pop over and get it, I think. A good tip for those, if you if you are dealing with a customer who you know really does want uh, the, the work of art that you've produced and, and wants it under glass, um, but you're uncertain about sending it, um, I've heard that artists have found a framer who lives nearby that customer oh. and has arranged to send the work of art directly to that framer. And when the framer gets it, we'll simply just add that correct piece of glass cut to size. Oh, that's and of course, idea. then the customer can deal with that. So you're by, mm. obviously framers are much used to sending and receiving art. So you're kind of hopefully dealing with a safe pair of hands. And then they should hopefully be able to deliver that glazing service to the customer if they request it. So there are ways around that you can yeah. sort of deliver it glazed, even though uh, taking away that danger of, of it smashing you know, on your head. And also there's the benefit if you do something like that, you're going the extra mile for the client and they they won't forget that you know they'll oh, not at all not at all yeah. so choosing the right carrier for your work of art is is really important because there are of course the the regular um uh, couriers out there and of course the, the the mail service but then there are specialist art delivery services that do specialize in taking very big very heavy cumbersome uh, and fragile works of arts now of course what you get is peace of mind that they will mm. deliver it but of course you will pay a, a, a heck of an amount for that or of course you will share or put that payment onto your customer yeah i mean it's the the art courier thing say you had um a show where you were sending a whole collection of work to the other end of the country and you couldn't go yourself then it becomes sort of more economical to look at a specialist shipper and um quite a lot of them because they deal with artworks they are they have prices for taking a bulk shipment of of work somewhere so i i know people who have done that where they've been sending maybe 30 or 40 pieces to a show mm. and it actually becomes more economical there i have never used them for one-offs they've always been rather you know it's too expensive for me yeah, to do it and I, pass I, that I've, on. I've discovered the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. no, I've discovered the same. And there's there's also that element of of insurance as well, because yeah. you know, you've got to check the insurance that will your uh, chosen carrier provide you any type of insurance for your artwork because as far as I'm aware, I don't think many do as, as we've explained. Outside the specialists, no, they absolutely don't. I mean, I think that artwork is one of those things that is outside 
insurance because um, I think it's seen as sort of too subjective. If you mm. complain that your artwork's been damaged, it's very hard then for them to sort of, it's not straightforward. So no. it's, um, well, I think of it, the other thing to do is if you are sending work to a gallery, always check if the gallery's got insurance. Mm. Um, there's a gallery I deal with over in the States and everything I send to them is covered by their insurance in transit. Um, and I know that Nick Bentley at Bills and Rye has goods in transit insurance, for example. Yeah. So, so because there, there can be insurance that you can add on yourself. There are lots of insurance providers that will yeah. offer you yeah, goods in transit option. insurance that you would either seek yourself to add mm. on if it's a one-off, or if you are dealing with a third party, then um, hopefully as a third party, they should be looking into uh, uh, having goods in transit insurance so they yeah. can provide that cover just, should it be needed. Yeah, just be really careful to be very specific about your art, your type of artwork and check mm. that their insurance covers, like, for example, maybe if you work with textiles or ceramics or something like that, make sure that the insurer knows that it's we're not just talking about like a generic painting or something like that. There may be sort of specific terms you don't want to find caught out because your artwork is not included in their definition of what the artwork is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, sometimes the best carrier for your artwork will, might be you. It might yeah, just be totally. you might need to sort of get in the car and don't be afraid to sell it to a customer that, you know, you may charge for this service in regards yeah. to the mileage that you may undertake or, um, or uh, you know, ask them to come to you. Quite often, if you have a, a some sort of gallery space or studio, um, customers do quite like visiting the artist in their oh, studio sure. to collect the work. Yeah, and it to kind see of adds, how it's made, yeah. Yeah, it adds that romanticism of working directly with the artist if, of course, they're able to do that. So sometimes doing it in person is, is a lot better. And it makes that whole experience of buying something more personal, which is, of course, if you can make what is a very cold process and sometimes a very boring and laborious process of sending art, if you can make it more personal what you're actually doing is you're you're investing in potential a future customer who yeah, may come back and, and reward you again absolutely so even if you can't deliver something personally or have that person come to your studio you can still add a little touch by popping something in with your package can't you i think you do that quite often when you send yeah out i'll put work. a few um, i've got some postcards that i'll put in i'll always write a personal note oh, yeah. of thanks because it's someone you know someone who's investing in you mm. someone who's, who's parting with their hard-earned money into your passion and your hobby and your love and your business so it, just a little note of of gratitude and thanks is always something worth doing and, and I'll put, if we can put in a couple of extra bits in there that's not going to cost you uh, then I think that's it's just a nice thing to do and you know quite often repeat business comes from previous customers so it's it's worth it from that point of view as it well is, as just being yeah. a nice thing to do yeah I mean when I send prints they always go with a certificate so we have a sort of little certificate of authenticity that's got mm. um yeah it's got the print and the edition number and it's got a little embossed bit on and it's it's got one of my illustrations on it so that goes in um and a note as as you say but we've also done sort of customized wrapping for people when we know it's being sent as a gift um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, we had a nice one recently for lockdown where a lady was ordering some greetings cards for her mum who was in mm. isolation. And what she was doing was she was buying her mum a new stock of greetings cards that she, the mum, could then send out to her friends. Mm. And we put in a, a little message sort of saying, hi, these are from your daughter and this is why she's sending them to you. So 
making things personal is really important, I think. Yeah, one thing I've done before, which 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 was had a lovely story, is that I sent a a painting to Australia. So it was a huge kind of risk, but it, I took wow. it. It was on a canvas, so I had to take it off the frame yeah. and rolled it very carefully into a tube, and of course secured it. But I wanted to send something, you know, with it because it was such a noty, notably specific commission and something very special. So I looked through some of my old paintings, uh, paintings that I'd done on paper and acrylic, and I found a landscape. And it wasn't very good, hence why I kind of you know didn't really regard anything for framing. And what I did is I cut a section of the landscape out, so I essentially cropped it right down oh, to nice. a greetings card yeah. size. And actually, it did the painting a world of good, cutting out all the other rubbish parts. <laughs> Suddenly, a masterpiece. Um, it was, and I thought, right, well, I'm, I'll turn this into a greetings card. So I kind of stuck it on a on a, on a card, uh, opened it, and wrote my little thank you note inside, mm. and, and sent it off with the painting. And then it was lovely that weeks later I had an email saying that they had the uh, the painting was all fully framed up on the wall oh and by the way they framed the cards oh, that you did as nice. well so they've yeah. got two little things side by side and i just think that's really lovely that they've got a nice story that goes with uh, the two paintings hanging on their wall on the other side of the world so yeah. sometimes those little special things can just make it you know so much nicer yeah so really important that you think about packaging from terms of sort of safety and security how you're going to send it and how the the client is going to feel unwrapping it So I would say the takeaway for this episode is that secure and tightly packaged works are the ones that are likely to survive their journey. And do make sure that you read the small print when sending with any courier or through the post. Well, thank you, Laura. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, you can catch up with all the stuff we've covered during this episode and all our previous episodes in our show notes on our website, askanartistpodcast.com. 